This is the Doctor. President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords. I am definitely a madman with a box. Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor. I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 48. It is roasting. Yeah, it really is. It is roasting. We're <laughs> recording on UK, Wednesday. Right? Yeah. Oh, yes. We're in the UK. It's weird. Yeah, we're not yeah. used to this. Yeah. So it's 1st of July. Happy July. Happy 1st of July, I guess. Hope you guys have had a really cool week. And as we record today, it's the hottest day of the year so far. So I think it's, I think it's thirty degrees at the moment, and it's at eleven in the morning. Whatever. Yeah, I just and I just literally I just popped out to unlock uh, the gate and stuff, and um, yeah, I nearly turned to cinders in just in that five seconds. I can't believe how hot <laughs> it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and it makes really, you know, it's no problem, you know, because we love doing this, but it makes recording really uncomfortable. <laughs> I've got three glasses of water. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's an occupational hazard, mm-hmm. I guess. So I don't drive. In fact, talking about that, I'm just going to have a swig, keep myself going. Go on, mate. Oh, that's better. Yeah, we're going to wait for you. It's fine. It's cool. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope you guys have had a fantastic week. And uh, we had loads of comments still about the... The Doctor Who movie, even after we put the, the episode mm, up. So, it, it did. Yeah, yeah, that one struck a chord with you guys, even though there was, it was kind of split, I think. A lot of people uh, um, really liked it, and then a lot, a lot of pe- other people just completely hated it. We had, I think we had 9.5 out of 10 from somebody, and then we had a 1 out of 10, or I think Tom Dix destroyed it. Mm. Um, and then we I had never a, realised yeah. it was so Marmite, actually, because I've... I've always assumed it was a fairly liked... Well, it, a lot of it, it is quite liked, but yeah, I never realised that there were people that really disliked it as well. I always mm. thought it was quite a liked one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the consistent thing was that um, Paul McGann came out shining, I think, in yeah. 99% of it. So it was all good. So thank you for your comments on uh, the TV movie or Doctor Who the movie or just the movie, whatever you want to call it. It was all good. I think you guys are going to like our review this week. <laughs> mm, this one definitely is Marmite. <laughs> it definitely is Marmite. Yes. yes. How have you been, my good fellow? I've been very good. Yes. I, I've um, I popped up to London on Monday and had a little scat around the shops, went into all our favourite little haunts. Oh, here um, we go. Which was, which was we good. Go. Yeah, no, so I was quite reserved. I, I, um, I picked up a few bits in the stamp centre. I got a TARDIS key, you know, the like the one that Pertwee had, that funny shape thing. Oh, cool, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've always wanted one of those, and um, so I finally got one, and that was good. And I was having a good old chat with the guy behind the counter there because I've got to know him, and he was talking about, because they have loads of autographs in there, loads of genuine autographs, and mm-hmm. we were talking about who's good and who's not so good and who always wants more money. So that was quite good. And yeah, yeah, so it was a good little day, and I, I bumped into, do you know Russell Tovey? From being human and him and her, oh, yeah, and yeah. also yeah. Voyage of the Damned, of course. Mm-hmm. I bumped into him, and it's the third time I've seen him, but the first time that I've been sort of brave enough to say hello. Oh. <laughs> and because I don't know, because the first time I saw him, he was like darting through Soho with his cap down for, oh no, won't disturb him. Second time I went to say hello, and he, whatever he was carrying, like these folders, 
literally as I went to say hello, he, he dropped them all over the floor, and I, it was, I was like, oh dear. So this time, it, it was so surreal. He was sort of just walking behind me, and I saw him, and I was like, Russell, hi. It, it was just like an instinctive, like a, somebody I actually knew. And it was, but he was really, really nice. I got to say, I don't know what I was worried about. Oh, cool. He could not have been nicer. So yeah, I got. A, Got a good selfie with him in the sunshine and stuff. So yeah, it's really cool. Had a really good day up in London. Always time for a selfie. Yeah, he he was really good about it though. He was just like, "Come on, yeah, let's do this." You know what I mean? There was none of this like none of this Jenna Coleman stuff of no, I haven't got time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's how, yeah, it was really cool. I was on a high for the rest of the day after that. So oh, nice one, dude. Yeah. If you're listening, Russell, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all good. So what you been up to, mate? Mm, just being hot mainly. Yeah. Not, not sleeping because it's too warm. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know the feeling, actually. Yeah, I don't think I've slept for about a month <laughs> yeah. uh, for various reasons, but especially the heat, yeah. It's a strange feeling, though, because when I've been on holiday in the past and it's been this kind of temperature, I've not really had a problem sleeping. But for some reason here in the UK, it just I can't get to sleep that well when it's in this time of year when it's hot. I'm not going to be one of those whingy people like, oh, you know, because... Um, uh, those of you listening who don't live in the UK, it's kind of a common thing for um, for us Brits to um, kind of whinge and moan that we don't get nice weather a lot. And mm. then when we do have nice weather, we just whinge and moan that it's too hot. <laughs> we so, don't know. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really one of those people. I love it when it's warm. I love being out, all that sort of stuff. But it's just in the, you know, the night time. It's just, uh, I don't know, just can't seem to get off to sleep. So but that's not a bad thing. You know, just creep downstairs, bit of PlayStation, bit of Doctor Who. It's all good. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you what's good if you if you need to get to sleep. Today's review episode, but we'll get to that oh, later. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. We will get to that. Yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, jest, of course. Of course. Um, yeah, we've been chatting with our new bestie. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. we're getting to be right little uh, celeb um, <laughs> magnets. Magnets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, old Daffs. Uh, well, <laughs> she might not be our friend after you've said that. But Daphne Ashbrook has been chatting to us on Twitter, isn't she? And she's um, she's lovely, fair to say. She's so very nice. Yeah. If you listen, Daphne, hello there. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah not been up to anything else really. Hope you guys have. Uh, what's um, what's the situation with um, the uh, the big finish stuff? Because I've said, we'll come on to it in a second in the news, but yeah, they seem to just be flooding the place with announcements at the moment. Oh, I know, yeah. It's coming thick and fast. I mean, their output is incredible anyway uh, in, in terms of the volume and everything, but um, yeah. yeah, man, they are on fire yeah. at the minute. My Twitter feed is just big finish at the moment. Yeah. Much. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Yeah, it must, which is uh, good. Yeah. Which is good. They're, They're going to take over the BBC. Soon, <laughs> you realise that they're actually going <laughs> to. Actually, you know, if you think about it, Big Finish are are right up there when it comes to Doctor Who. They're they're pretty much. In fact, if anything, they're they're, they're slightly more supportive of Doctor Who, aren't they? I mean, they're really they probably are gunning for Doctor Who more than the BBC, if that makes sense. You know what I mean, they are so into what they're doing yeah. and getting it out there in terms of publicity and stuff, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's um. I don't know if you've looked at it or signed it, but there is a petition at the moment for um, the BBC to be kind of saved, if you like, because um, I think it's every 10 years or every five years, something like that, there's this big committee and it's all very political and red tape, but they do this kind of audit and this thing about the BBC Trust and, and the future of the BBC and stuff. And I think it's it's not in 
danger of being disbanded or privatized or something but there there is some there is some um some negativity around how the bbc uses its money and mm. you know how you know where it spends its money and stuff like that and uh, there is a there is a big political thing at the moment where it could be chunks of it could be you know more micromanaged and stuff could be chopped up and sold and stuff like that oh yeah um, yeah i know yeah. so there's a huge um well now there's a really huge petition and I'll stick a note in it, actually. So if you value the programming of the BBC, and especially Doctor Who and all that stuff, it's probably worth signing. There's um, David Tennant signed it, and there's been some other famous peeps. And I think he's got thousands of thousands now. So mm. um, it's probably worth sticking your name on there. Because um, Doctor Who does come under fire for some reason in a political arena. I'm not sure why. Really? Yeah. It's always one of the things where I think the, I think the outside world, and especially... Um, uh, parliament and stuff they assume that the bbc just throws um uh, sort of a, a bottomless bag of cash at doctor who and i know it's got a big budget than a bigger budget than it has done over the years but i think people would be surprised at the amount of budget it still has it's not astronomical it still needs to be managed and it's not crazy no, and actually um, the the budget's been cut hasn't it over the years it actually, has. Doctor, hasn't it? it's not as if it's gone up Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just that, yeah, it does get associated because it's obviously one of their most popular shows in that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes at the BBC. Sometimes they do come across as their own worst enemy at times. But, I, you know, I'd, I'd hate a world without the BBC as much as they annoy me at times with some of their decisions. But, uh, you know, I can't, you know, but it, but it is one of those things that could happen. It's, the BBC is one of those things we assume will always be around. Yeah. But yeah. it, but it, but that's not the case. It's just as likely to be, you know, it's, it's got its own issues. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah, never take it for granted. Even though they can be annoying at times, never take BBC for granted because at the end of the day, that is the home of Doc 2, you know, and if it was to move to somewhere else or be picked up, you know, it would be a different show. So, yeah. Wise words, my friend. Mm. Yeah. So we'll stick a link if you want to put your name on there. It's worth doing so. Sure. Indeed. Yeah. Right. Shall we land this baby? Let's, yeah, let's land it and get into this week's news. news. I wonder if any avid listeners have noticed anything about that sound effect over the last whatever many podcasts. What do you reckon, Gary? Um, nobody's mentioned it. No. Well, for a bonus uh, quiz question, and to just to be specific, there is no prize, but <laughs> for a bonus <laughs> quiz question this week, can you tell us what's different about that sound effect from, oh, I don't know, how long, have we, how long is it? Um, it would be, well, since... Whichever episode we started using the new intro music. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Things changed, didn't they, from that that podcast? I'm just intrigued because I, I wondered if anyone would notice because I didn't notice what was different until you told me. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Bonus yes. quiz question this week. Yeah. Anyway, the news. Anyways, the news. Yes. So, we're going to kick off with Big Finish because they've been, um, they, well, normally we get a big announcement from them. Once every few months, I would say. Mm. Um, and we've had three, two, yeah, three yeah. big ones in the last was, yeah. F- yeah week, few days, I guess. 
Um, so the first big one um, is the River Song thing. Because I believe it's the first actor from Modern Who who who's going to um, star in a Big Finish production. Am I right in saying that? Is it the first actor from Modern Who? Um, or, or at no, least a leading role? No, I don't think so. But I think perhaps you're right in the sense of playing the character, yeah. In terms, because, you know, like David Tennant's been involved in Big Finish, but obviously not playing the Doctor. So I think you're right in the sense of, yeah, it's the first character actor playing the same role from the new series, if you like. Yeah. yeah. Am I right in saying that? Well, because we're going to have, I'm not sure what's going to come first, whether it's the unit stuff or if it's the uh, River Song stuff. I think it might be unit. I've got a feeling it's unit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, with Osgood, yeah. Yeah, so technically... Um, uh, Gemma Redgrave will be the first in terms of production, but yeah. And people have been questioning, questioning, is it going to be River Song? But of course, well, of course. I'm pretty sure yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, the cover has got her on it, hasn't it? Because I was when I put the pictures on my face, that people were like, yeah, but who's she going to be playing? You know, and I was thinking, well, River Song, surely. You know, mm -hmm. and she's going to be paired up with the Eighth Doctor, which is a, a great pairing, I think, actually. Yeah, um, that's got me does, super excited. Yeah, me too. And it, but it does make, bring into the question of because then you start thinking, well, why doesn't the Doctor already know her if he's met her as the Ape Doctor? But there is something in the description um, about they must never meet or something. Um, I haven't yeah. got it in front of me. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds a really. I'm really excited by this, and it's it's going to be the second in this Doomalition collection, isn't it? Doom Coalition. Coalition. Two. Yeah. 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 Um, and then she's going to come back next year with her own run as well, The Diary of River Song. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's absolutely River Song as the character. There's no timey-wimey Stephen Moffat thing going on here. It's, no. It is just River Song. Um, but what's very cool is they're bringing back some monsters as well from the yeah. newer stuff. So we've got the Weeping Angels, the Jadoon, and the Sycorax. Sycorax. Yay. Brilliant. Yes, and... I wonder if they'll mention a certain... Oh, no, because he's dead. I was going to say, I wonder if they'll mention <laughs> a certain Sycorax commander with one hand. But um, but no, he died, didn't he? It was David Tennant lost his hand. and he, He's he had that very green, wasn't he? Yeah, didn't he launch the orange onto the button? <laughs> That's right. That yeah. was so cool, yeah. Great scene. No second yeah. chances. Yes. Tennant being very stern from the off. Yeah. No second chances. I love the Sycorax, though, don't you? I, I'm... I'm really pleased that they're going to come back, even if it's on audio. I think it's great. Yeah. I would love to see the recording of that, the, yeah. the person in the studio doing the Sycorax voice for <laughs> an hour, whatever. That would be interesting. I'm just thinking about the bits of where, bit where the doctor mimics them as well. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a great... Oh, no, no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Somebody else is coming back for Big Finish as well. Uh, Churchill. Yes, that was a surprise, actually, because that's mm. not a character that would immediately come to mind as um, someone they would bring back. Mm. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it sounds like quite an interesting... It's more of a storytelling one, that, isn't it? It's more like the sort of Companion Chronicles by the sounds of it. Yes, it, it looks like it, yeah. Yeah. Set around, yes, yeah, so he's coming back for the Churchill years, mm. um, which sounds very interesting. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, out, out of the three big announcers there, I mean, I, that's... I'm most excited. I'm most excited about the eighth and, and river, but but also very excited by the classic doctors meeting new monsters. I think that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. Who's that? So, 
The Sixth Doctor's the Jadoon, isn't he? Fifth Doctor's Weeping Angels as well. That should be quite a good pairing. Um, yes. And then there's that. Does that mean the seventh Doctor meets the Sycorax? Is yes, that right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be really good. Yeah. Are yeah. these coming out this year or next year? Probably next. Are they? Um, I believe. Let's have a look. Next year. Yeah. 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 So um, the cover's cool as well. You've got each Doctor paired up with a monster. It looks very cool. And I think Paul McGann gets the the potatoes. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, actually, the the artwork is, is really good. I mean, <clears throat> big finish artwork lately. I, I don't know if they've got somebody different to do it, but it's really, really good, isn't it? I'm loving the the artwork to their yeah. to their stuff at the minute. It's, it's really awesome. nicely done. Yeah. yeah. So I think the there's some <clears throat> amazing stuff coming up. The Doom Coalition two with River and the Eighth Doctor is going to be amazing. Yeah. And then I think the the four Doctors in one. So six, uh, you know. Six, seven, eight, six. Hold on, five, six, seven, and eight, and the new monsters in one recording is going to be amazing. I can't wait for it. Oh that. yeah, that is good. Actually, that I only just realised that that's one set. I, I I naively thought it was going to be like single releases for the Doctor, but I've just realised that's a box set, isn't it? That is mm-hmm. going to be an awesome set. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I've changed my mind. That's the one I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going cool. to be great. And they're doing some bundles, aren't they? If you want to save money, they're doing some some bundles so you can order them all together and save a bit of dosh. Yeah, which is um, good. Yeah, it is good. The only thing is, and someone might need to correct me on this, I believe Big Finish, if you order something from Big Finish, if you pre-order something, I believe they take the money straight away. So they will have your money for a year because they're, you know, they it's sort of looked at as funding. So, you know, you're putting that money into the company. Um, so I often don't order something till quite close to the release date just because, you know, it's a year mm-hmm. away sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but someone might want to correct me on that, but I, I think that's what they do. Okay. Yeah. If you're an avid listener or a regular listener, I suppose it's not too bad. I'm not sure. No, no, I just, no, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad thing at all. It's just, yeah, personally for me, I like, you know, obviously sort of, I normally buy stuff at the end of the month when I get paid. So that's kind of how, how I look at it, big finish. I think, right, if, you know, what's coming out next month, yeah, okay, yeah. and then I pre-order it. But uh, yeah, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they take the money straight away, even if it's not something that's out for a year. But oh, okay. Yeah, Very someone might, might want to check on that. Cool. Right. So in, in other news, um, sad news, Gary. Sad. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, frustrating news yes um this is something that we has been mentioned before but it's kind of been officially condemned now um the underwater menace dvd has been properly cancelled because it was kind of floating around you know it was on the schedule off the schedule um all these sort of it's being looked into that sort of stuff but no it's 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 been cancelled it's not happening Mm -hmm. um and basically it sounds like it's down to a couple of things but but it sounds like it's down to funding because there was a really good little um, article in this month's Doc 2 magazine. I don't know if you've read it, but really interesting actually about you know how the extras are made for DVDs and particularly about the funding. And they were saying, yeah. you know, some of the money that was offered to do these things was just laughable. Like they, you know, there was just like there's no way that they would sort of animate episodes for the money that the BBC were prepared to pay sort of thing yeah. um, and it seems that that's been part of the issue for the delayed release of this and eventual cancellation of it is that you know there's just you know the money that, that has been offered to produce the extras <clears throat> excuse yeah. me it's just been rubbish yeah so um yeah it's all fell through and the sad thing is <clears throat> excuse me there it's the heat's getting to me hang on i'll <laughs> have another swig 
<clears throat> the sad thing is, extras have been produced, so a commentary has been recorded already. Um, what else has been done? There's been a few extras made for it. Um, yeah. Which which will most likely not see the light of day. So it's really really sad. I think that this is, you know, just in the lurch on left on the shelf. Yeah. And let's not um, let's not get any of this twisted. It, the reason why this has been cancelled is because the um, BBC Worldwide are not willing to spend the money. That that's the the long and short of it. Because uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, because yeah, the company that they were in contract with, who were going to provide the animated sequences, like you say, it was just it, it, it was almost like an insult. You know, you, they can't expect to do um, the work on it for literally peanuts. And BBC Worldwide also approached another company to do the animation, and they also just fell about laughing. Yeah. And said, there's no way that you can get, you know, this kind of, of work done um, for the money you're offering. So the BBC, the BBC, I, think, I think BBC Worldwide have like, well, you know, we're not really too fussed. We've kind of released the entire catalogue that we had. This is like the only remaining um, uh, story that's in the archive that's ready to be released. But, you know, I, I, and also I don't think there's, there's, there's huge demand for it. I think people who like the story and are looking forward to um, seeing Troughton again in something fresh and new, I think, I, I think are hungry for it. And I think completists... Mm especially are hungry yeah. for it. But outside of that, I don't think there's been any huge kind of uproar from enough fans to say, look, we want this, you know, you need to spend the money. So I think they're just, yeah, whatever. We're not too fussed. So Yeah, they're not, I suppose because it's incomplete, because there's only two episodes out of the four, isn't there remaining. Yeah. So there's, they're saying, well, we're not going to just, because some fans are saying, we'll just release the two. Just, you know, like I said, complete is just don't really care you know mm. the two are missing let's just have it you know in some sort of form even if it's like a vanilla release with with just the minimal extras but yeah bbc aren't interested in doing that but on a sort of slightly more positive note they did say something after this um i haven't got the quote in front of me but they did say that they are looking into future classic releases um so there's there is hope that this will end up see i'm wondering if they're going to do like box sets or something of like the first doctor second doctor or because you know that i mean they're obviously they're they're a bbc worldwide they're looking to make as much money as possible yeah so they know that even if people have got the individual releases there's probably a market out there to do complete collections and now that they've released everything apart from this you know where else can they go with the classic collection so yeah there is still hope out there that it'll arrive in some sort of form or they might do something like put them on iTunes, which would be a bit annoying. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think they'll end up being released in some sort of format. But it doesn't sound like it's going to be in a individual release, which is a shame because I mean they went to the trouble of getting the commentary recorded and and doing a few little extras. So it's just such a shame that all this is just sat on the shelf and you know doing gathering dust, if you like. So yeah, I yeah. think it will. Um, I think it will surface at some point. I'm mm. guessing it will be, yeah, as a special feature or, you know, as, as a bonus disc in something or maybe, a, yeah, I know it sucks it would be just online, but it could go out online, iTunes or something. Yeah, it's got to see the light of day somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yes. So all is not lost. <laughs> not quite. It's just, as usual, it comes down to money. As usual. Yeah. Um, right. Next bit of news. Um, so Lucky Down Under. 
Mm. Lucky for you guys down under that the uh, um, you would have seen um, lots of messages from us and other. Um, uh, oh, God, I was going to say Hoovians then. You can say Hoovians. Can I some say that? Like, some people like it. Some people <laughs> use it and like it. Yeah. You would have seen plenty of messages and tweets and Facebook stuff between us and other Hoovians mm. about the uh, Doctor Who festival that we're going to in November. Yes. And the cool thing is, um, is that even though the BBC have charged lots of money to go because they don't have a lot of money, they're they're flying everybody out to Australia to do the same festival. Yeah, in Sydney, isn't it? In Sydney, one of the most expensive cities in the world. So mm. that's going to cost a pretty penny to do. So maybe that's why our tickets were so expensive. Yeah, quite possibly, yeah, because they're not <laughs> going to put that money into the underwater menace, are they? Of not. No, don't be silly. Um, yeah. yeah, so they're all, yeah, Capel is there and he Moffitt's there. Um, I yeah. expect General will be there. She's not not been mentioned yet. She's not been um, listed, no. And but not, uh, yeah. to, to, to coin one of your brilliant phrases, Gary... Um, do you know what burns my bacon? What burns regarding the bacon? This? What grinds the gears? Well, it's this little line here, and this is on the official announcement from the BBC. It says, Q&As with limited photo and autograph opportunities will be available. Oh, no. Oh, so they're getting autograph opportunities, are they? When we're not getting any. Oh, no. I was furious <laughs> about that. Because I've got a real bone of contention that there's no autograph um sessions at the at the uk one especially as they had said in a very roundabout way that there would be before the tickets were, were released yeah but um but the other thing is this just reminds me actually i've been sat waiting for these blooming photo opportunities to, to come online because they said they were supposed to go on sale at the end of june mm-hmm. now i've i'm going to have very limited internet access as of tomorrow for six weeks so i was thinking that's all right you know, at least I'll get my photo sorted. I'll be able to relax, hopefully. Although, if it's anything like the Matt Smith one, I, I'm going to miss out again. But I was thinking, at least I'll have a chance. But they haven't gone on sale, have they? And I don't know what's happening with it. So there's, uh, it looks like I'm going to miss out again, which I'm furious about. But anyway, maybe they need a Kickstarter campaign to get some cash. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> where's all this money going? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yes. So we'll. We'll let you just vent in a corner just for a second. but Yeah, I'll the, just stay over steaming. Yeah, so the 21st and 22nd of November, um, the festival heads uh, to Australia to Moore Park in Sydney, um, where you'll be able to get autographs and selfies and all the rest of it <laughs> with the cast. Um, and then after that, um, Peter Gabaldi heads off to Auckland, New Zealand for an intimate evening oh, yeah. with fans on the 24th of November. So um, more autographs. For you guys in New Zealand as well. Sorry, Adam. Because <laughs> that sounds like it's going to be a bit of a, a smaller affair. Um, however, uh, negativity aside, this is this is pretty cool. Because I think cool, um, yeah. our Australian listeners, you guys really like Doctor Who. Because I think, didn't the Symphonic Spectacular kick off down under? Um, um, yes, I think it did. Yeah, did it, yeah in Sydney. Um, so you guys, uh, you're obviously you're really up for who, which is awesome. So um, it's good that you get to um, experience the whole festival thing. I guess um, we're not too sure exactly what's gonna how it's gonna go down here because I think when's ours? Is it the twelfth? Uh, sorry, the fourteenth and fifteenth. Yes, the week, right? weekend before, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's gonna be really cool. So I'm hoping that you guys get a very similar experience and. Um, and you get to meet whoever and you do all the photo sets and all that cosplay. It's going to be cool. 
It will be good. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't put any photos online of <laughs> any autographs or photos. Actually, case, does it yeah. say anything about the ticket price? Is it does it work out the same sort of prices as the UK? Um I did you know, I did see an article um the other day about prices and they're not mm. cheap. So general admission, so a day ticket um is a hundred and ninety five dollars. Right, so yeah. Um hundred and ninety five. Hundred and ninety five dollars. I mean that's more expensive then because that's about hundred and yes ten pounds. Blimey, what? Then yes, come on, that's yep. ridiculous. Um, and if you want the Tardis ticket, then that's three hundred and sixty-five dollars. <sighs> yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not un- they're not releasing the Underwater Menace. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So. They can't get to that shelf with all those extras on because they can't see it for all the money. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. roughly, I think, in British pounds, um, it's about 180 quid for the TARDIS ticket. Yes. And the concession ticket is $99, which I think is what kids or pensioners or something. Um, so <laughs> it's not cheap. No, it's not. It's a lot of cash. The things that we do mm. as Who fans, eh? Yeah. They better, it better be good. Oh, I think it will be. Yeah. I think it will be awesome. It's yeah. going to be cool. Yeah, I, I don't think that story is going to ever go away until it's over about the price of the tickets and so on. But um, you know what? If you feel it's too expensive and all that sort of stuff, you don't have to go. Do you know what? I'm lo- I, I like the fact we're going on the Saturday as well because they're there will have already been one on the Friday the night before. So that'd be really cool because we'll get a feel of, you know, people will be tweeting and so we'll get an idea of what it's like, won't we? Yeah. The, the night before. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Just seeing, you know, what the feedback is from people who have been on the Friday. Yeah. yeah. So we'll be able yeah, to, on. you know, continue our excitement or ask for a refund. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Robert, I did notice actually in very small print, no refunds are given, Gary. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they've they've got that covered. Of course. <laughs> right. And <laughs> final bit of news this week. Um, this has just been announced actually, and, and good news here. Uh, Rachel Talale. Talale? How are you saying it? Talali. Talale. Let's say Talali. I like Talali. it. Um, she's coming back to direct uh, the. Series 9 final, so she's going to be directing episode 11 and 12 oh, of cool. Series 9. And she, she also directed um, the Series 8 final, Dark Water and Death in Heaven, which, yeah, not the best episodes, but the, I have to say I think the direction was pretty good on them. So, yeah, I think she does a good job, and I think she'll do a good job on these. Yeah, cool. Direction-wise, it was very cool. It was, yeah. It was well-directed. Well yeah, it's very, very cool. And, yeah, so episode 11. Um which they're filming at the moment. Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Yeah, 11 and 12 is she's going to be directing, so that'll be the two-part final, yeah. Coolio. Excellent. So good news. Welcome back, Rach. Welcome back. Yeah. I think we're done. Yes, we are. We are done with news. Yes, yeah. Yeah, some some good bits of news. Well, some good and bad. Bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. (laughs) What are we reviewing this week? Oh, this week... Throw yourself into the time lash. Oh, reception committee. Well, they look friendly enough. So they should be. I've been here before. And where's here? Carful. 
I was here a regeneration of three back. Have you been here before? No problem. Except that time corridor. Carpool should be centuries from such technology. A doctor! Now don't go wandering off until I'm certain this place is clear. Yes, sir. I will do the talking. Welcome, Time Lord. Hello, I'm the Doctor. And I am Tekka, Malin Tekka. We are honoured that you have decided to visit us again after all this time. Indeed you are. This is Perry, my assistant. Hi. Only the two of you. Yes, travelling light this time. Besides, so difficult to recruit good staff these days, don't you agree? Uh, Malin, about this time corridor in space? All in good time, Doctor. All in good time. Please enjoy our hospitality first. Have you been traveling long? Oh, well, it's hard to say, really. Time just flies when you're in the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> Bad? No, it's disastrous. That's my favorite line from the program. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, time lash, mate. Time um, lash. Where do we start with this? My old friend, time mm. lash. Mm. Hmm. Well, what's it about? <laughs> what's it about? I had what? to look on Wikipedia actually, um, yeah, to, to get to to remind myself what it was about. Yeah. Well, if you can stay awake long enough, <laughs> um, the uh, oh my god! Come on, we can't be too negative. Come on. No, no, no. Come no, on. No, no. So, um, oh, I don't know where to start with this because I'm boring myself. Talking about it before we even kick off. Now, come on, mate. After I've just said that. Up. Right, okay. Um, okay. So the Doctor, I'll start off. I'll start off and you you, you pick it up, okay? okay? So the Doctor lands on a planet um, that uh, is, is under this sort of strict regime from this mysterious thing on a screen. And it turns out the Doctor's been there before in an unseen adventure. Um, and we don't know who he... Well, we know he was with Joe Grant, but there was the third person, a mysterious traveller, but we never find out who. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the Doctor lands on there after the TARDIS is sort of caught in this weird, um, well, it's not a time tunnel, but it's something that looks like a multicoloured time tunnel. The, and he ends up yeah. coming through this thing called the Time Lash. The Contron Corridor. That's the one, mate. Thanks. Yeah, yeah I couldn't think. Um, so yeah, he arrives to find, you know, these poor citizens that are under this strict regime and... Um, uh, what happens then? <laughs> Just, yeah, it's um, Perry gets abducted yeah. and tied to a pole. Yeah, uh, in front of a giant s sort of snake-like snake lizard. Thing. I don't know. Yep, the yeah. the more um, the more the more the Morlocks. Yep. The Morlocks. Um, um, so they want to use the Doctor to um, do stuff because the uh, some of the um, the power. Or the, uh, yeah, some of the power that's that the Borad, the bad guy, um, can invoke is from these amulets. Yeah. And one of the uh, one of the women that's wearing the amulet at the time, because I think her husband, boyfriend, brother, friend, one of them gets thrown mm. into the time lash, and she decides that no, 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 no. So she, she gets thrown into the time lash or she runs into it so the amulet's gone so they want to use the doctor to travel through and retrieve it that's right Is that right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um oh god <laughs> and while this is going on yeah perry has been kidnapped 
and she's been thrown to the Morlocks, but there's rebels who are running around, as they do, who save her and uh, reluctantly help her. And um, So while the Doctor's out and about on his travels, though, he does come across... I guess he kind of does take on a companion role in the story. Um, yes. Um, yeah. You know, um, who turns out to be quite an important character in British history, or British literature, literacy, should I say. Um, Herbert. Herbert, yeah. Herbert, yep. And with Herbert's help, um, they kind of overthrow this regime, this Borad guy, um, much to the disappointment of his right-hand man at the time, uh, Tekka. Tekka. Or Malin Tekka, he ends up to be, which is kind of a political figure, I guess. Um, and then once you kind of get that far... Um, it all gets wrapped up in a nice little bundle, really. It's quite um, predictable. Yeah, well, the, the sort of thing that gets revealed to be um, the Borat, because it sort of it looks like a looks like a genteel old man on a on a screen, doesn't it? But actually, turns out to be a hideously defigured um, scientist who looks like half man, half horse. Yeah, uh, he kind of gets he's very evil. Um, and he kind of gets shoved into the tinsel lash. I mean, time lash. Time lash. I'm yeah. going to call it the tinsel lash. Um, Hold on. Did you call him Borat as well? <laughs> did I? What is he called? Borat. Borad. <laughs> Not Borat. Good <laughs> <laughs> success. <laughs> yeah, Borat. Borat, Borat gets that's thrown into the time Borat. lash. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, th- I think that's pretty much covered it, man. I think that's 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 the story to a T. That's the story pretty much. We kind of fudged that a bit, but that's yeah. essentially it. Um so it was written by Glenn McCoy, no yep. relation to Sylvester, I don't believe, um, who was an ambulance driver, um, apparently. Um, wow. I did watch the extras to see how this came about. <laughs> but um, I, I'll be honest with you, my brain, had honestly, it had, had kind of switched off, so I'm still not quite sure. But I think he was writing for shows at the time. Right. And Eric Sayward sort of thought, oh, he'd be good, let's get him on board. Um, and it won't surprise you to know, it was a very troubled... Uh, process getting this script together i think was it, it originally yeah was it really it originally um originally had daleks in it and glenn was told no 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 can't have daleks with you know i'm doing a dalek story eric saywood said so he removed all the daleks but kept the story right um yeah and it apparently it just kept going back and forth back and forth getting rewrites um and man does it show because there is there's a bit in episode two isn't there where the doctor and Perry having a, an argument, um, which goes on forever. Yep. And um, Herbert's kind of hiding. And I kept thinking, what, what the hell's going on here? But it turns out, having watched the extras, that, that they realised that the episode was six minutes short. Um, so they were going to have to film something quickly. So Eric Sayward quickly wrote that scene. Um, right. And they only had one set left up. Because uh, I think they were already filming the next story. So they were like, well, it's got to be a TARDIS scene, uh, which is why we've got that really awkward six-minute scene of absolutely nothing happening yes. uh, at the middle. But yep. it does kind of fit in with the rest of the show where absolutely nothing is happening. It's I know we've been really harsh on this, but my goodness, it, it, it's got such a bad reputation, this story. But yes. It's one, it it, yeah. it kind of lives up to it. I mean, it is pretty dreadful there's there are a couple of good bits i mean you know i will i don't want this to be 
completely negative all the way through. But but yeah, it's pretty grim, isn't it? It's pretty pretty dire. It is, yeah. And it's I, I think we can we can apply a fairly common adage to this that is prevalent to quite a few classic Who stories, and that it has the potential to be very good. Mm. You know, it's not a terrible story, um, but it just suffers from a terrible script, some terrible acting, um, and the pacing is just mind-numbingly boring. Yeah, the pacing yeah. and the direction is as flat as a pancake, isn't it? It is. It's like even the even the action sequences are just so flat, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and the the climactic parts as well, where we get the reveal of Borat. Um, <laughs> you know, we get to see because we it's <laughs> Borat. <laughs> I think that everybody would know what he looks like anyway at this stage in the game because he's on the front of the dvd cover yeah you know and he's plastered all over the place in terms of you know any other reviews or anything that have been written about the story um but i would probably say that even back then back in when was it 85 yeah 1985 um even if when you were watching it for the first time fresh you still would have been like uh okay there's no real menace about it it just looks like a James Bondy type of villain guy. He almost looks like he'd be stroking a, a cat almost and Or a Molochs. Or a Mor yeah, whatever. Morlocks, yeah. Um He has got a very nice swivelly chair though, which would be very good in your new office. <laughs> yeah. The chair. It's a very cool yeah. chair. It's got like yeah. a laser like death ray stuff. Yeah, it's very cool. Oh yeah, it's good. Yeah, go get yourself yeah. a death ray chair. Um I'll tell you what, I will, here's here's a positive though. Yeah, you're right. He's not exactly scary, is he? But I do think I'm trying to find a positive here. I do think the makeup on him is good. Huh? I think yeah, I think the face face mask is quite good for the time. What? No, you're not liking that? The horse no. face? No. I thought it was pretty good. Okay. That's one of the very few. Come on, man, work with me here. So that's you, one of the. It's one of the very few positive notes I've got here. Ay ay ay. So you hold on. You started that with let me give you a positive, mm. and you've picked the makeup on Borat. Yeah, yeah. I think it looks all right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um, I'm flicking through. I tell you, I haven't got a lot else that's good. <laughs> this is unprecedented for the Big Blue Box podcast to kind of be, kind of dumbstruck midway through a review because we haven't got anything to say about it oh i've got plenty to say just none of it's that positive uh, okay let's yeah. okay. and i don't want to be i don't want to i don't want our listeners switching off because it's just a a long tirade of abuse about the story but yeah i have to be honest I, i've got plenty to say okay it's just that it's um not a lot of it is positive on right this one. let let's look for some positives let's look All for right. some right okay um colin baker Little moments are, are, are quite good. Yeah, little, yeah there are little it's... moments where he's it's kind of cool, like when he's telling Perry to shut up and because she's a yeah. bit whiny. It doesn't. Yeah, see, I, it doesn't really. No, I can't even. I can't even go with that because it starts off with them bickering for about ten minutes in the TARDIS, and and there's just so much. I don't like this six Doctor Perry bickering relationship, and they sort of softened it a bit towards the end slightly yeah but um it's so yeah i mean that's how it starts isn't it we get like such a long intro with them bickering in the tardis 
<laughs> I mean, you, they weren't just... too. Yeah, they weren't too bad in Revelation. The next one. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say in that one, we're back to we're back to sort of a, a slightly better Doctor and Perry pairing up. Yeah. Um, but in this, it's just like it's it's awful. I mean, let's yeah, Colin. There, there's a couple of nice scenes. I think he works okay with Herbert. You know, there's a bit of humour. I do love it when he's getting angry with Herbert. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to uh, say. The scenes with Herbert are quite cool. Yeah, what's the bit there? Well, there is a bit actually, there's, which often gets screenshotted of Colin gritting his teeth at the console, and I can't shut remember what he's saying to her. Yeah, up. shut up. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah, Colin, Colin's good at, at doing those sort of bits, but it, yeah, it works better for me when he's sort of bickering with Herbert than it does with Perry. Yes, Herbert, I thought was okay-ish. He sort of reminds me a bit of Adric. Adric, oh, you read my. Mind. I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to go. I wasn't going to bash the guy that far. So he's like all Adric, right. He's he's kind of likable. Yeah, I suppose. he's all right. But yeah, he's a bit of an Adric character, sort of bumbling in and and always, you know, getting in the way and stuff. And he um, turns out to be a to be a famous person in the he end. He died. H.G. <laughs> Wells. He does. Yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? It's a nice idea. It's a nice idea. <laughs> a buffoon. Um, the fact that would the write. buffoon. Um, <laughs> So he travels with a doctor, which is so that that's where he gets the time travel. Yeah, it's a nice idea. Um, yeah. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about Paul Darrow. Oh bloody hell! Now, I don't know if you've seen any Blake Seven yet, have you? Not yet. Oh no. Because right. judging by this performance, you're probably not going to. And I, anyone who knows me knows <laughs> that Blake Seven is my all-time favourite show, and Paul Darrow believe it or not, is fantastic in that series. So you can imagine when I heard he was going to be in Doctor Who, how excited I was. And oh dear. he's just, well, I'm sorry, Paul, but it's just, if ever the term chewing the scenery <laughs> um, applied more to an actor, this is it. But the thing is, when John Nathan Turner, the producer, cast him, he wanted him to play it like Avon, his character in Blake 7, which you can imagine. That's what he does best. Paul Darrow, as an actor, understandably, you know, I want to do this a bit different. I don't want to play the same part. Understandably. So he decides yep. he's going to play it like Richard III. <laughs> and that's, that's actually, on the, on the extras, that's actually what he thought. He thought, no, I want to play it very, you know, theatrical. I'm going to play it as Richard III. So he gives this performance, which is not only way over the top, it's it's just uncomfortable. It's it's camper than a row of pink tents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Essentially, it's just oh, it's just such a shame because he could be so good, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's just way over the top. And the wig—I don't know why <laughs> they've got him in that wig. He wanted a hump. Yeah, he wanted a hump huh? as well. But they okay. they yeah, apparently on. Because John Nathan Turner, when they started doing rehearsals, apparently was like, oh, no, 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 don't play it like that. Uh, and they had a bit of a disagreement on set. And he was like, well, I'm, I'm doing it as Richard III, and I, I quite like a hump. And apparently they had a like, proper argument about this hump, and he never got it. Um, but he yeah. managed to keep the performance in. Um, but I wish hmm. he hadn't, because do you know what? I hope you do watch Blake 7 one day and to, to redeem Paul Darrow, because he's so good in that. It's just such a shame that he decided to play it like he did in this and like you said it's mind you such a throwaway episode anyway it doesn't really matter but he could have perhaps brought it up slightly if he'd have i don't know done it differently maybe yeah, maybe mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Mailing. Oh, yeah. The thing is, he's not. It's almost like his the way that this his performance doesn't really fit with the story and the rest of the cast. No. Do you know what I mean? It's like he's kind of, um, like you say, he's kind of thought, well, I don't want to play it. I don't. I don't just want to be typecast in, into doing that type of of role mm. and performing. You know, I want to change it up a bit. I just think he went a bit Shakespearean. Yeah, well, yeah, he did. Yeah, I don't know why he chose to play it in, yeah. as, as Richard the Third, but that's yeah. that's what he did. Um, yeah, and it, it just doesn't really work. And I think even Colin Baker sort of is a bit taken aback by it because yeah. on the extras he's like, because um, Colin appears <laughs> in a Blake Seven episode, and Colin is really, really over the top in that, but it in a good way. I mean, he's he's really ridiculous in in the Blake Seven episode that Colin Baker's in. But it works. He's like right. um, very loud. Um, he's playing Baber the Butcher. And he really he does camp up the role a bit. And he, he's very, very over the top. But it, it works. And I don't know whether Paul Darrow was trying to do that, you know, to trying to do the same, to try and sort of be over the top. But, yeah, it doesn't work in this. Nope. Unfortunately. Yep. What did you think to our blue-faced androids? Well, they all look, it's one actor, isn't it? Playing all the androids. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're all duplicate. They're blue, are they? Because this is the thing, I'm colourblind, so I couldn't tell. Are yeah. they blue face and green hair? Mm-hmm. Right, cool. I think so, blue or yellow hair. Yellow oh, is green? it? Well, yeah. I can't tell, you see. I, colours get mixed up in my head. So I did write blue with green hair android, but um, well, they talk, like, very strangely, Do like you know, yeah. early Cybermen. <gasps> I thought that they sounded a bit like K9. Oh yes, that's it. I put early Cyberbed, but yeah, I think you're, maybe it's K9. Yeah, yeah. It's got this high pitched weirdness to it. It doesn't sound like an android. It sounds like a kid playing something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Don't yeah. Um, with, yeah. There's not a lot I could say about them really. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. Because I thought they were going to be quite cool, but they were very slow. Didn't really do much. Sounded ridiculous. They and, do sound uh, ridiculous, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm just surprised um some of these things could have been pulled up when they were filming it. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you what was the director sort of I think was it Pennant Roberts or someone? Pennant Roberts, yeah. I mean yeah. he's done quite a lot of Doctor Who and he's you know what was he when he was sort of watching them in rehearsal stuff, I would have thought some of these things could have been ironed out a little bit. Yeah. Um whether, yeah. you know I mean with Paul Darrow, he was quite a big profile name at the time, perhaps they just had to let him get on with it after a certain... Because, you know, there was a certain amount of discussion and maybe they just said, oh, well, let him get on with it. Um, but with something like the Android, they could have easily just thought, no, nah, that ain't working, you know, or treated the voice or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, this whole thing about the third doc- the Doctor being there before as well, obviously, like, we get this... Um, we get to see a picture of Joe Grant in the uh, locket and oh, there's yeah. the, the third Doctor's image is revealed behind a wall painting isn't it and all that um i kind of like that idea again that's one of the other sort of very few positives i put i like the idea that we get to see the third doctor um and that he's been there before yeah in in this sort of unseen adventure yeah i I like it that it's unseen as well like yeah i do kind of expands the the universe out a little bit that um it's almost a feeling like we don't we haven't seen everything that the doctor's done yes yeah there are lots of adventures and stories and stuff that um that we don't know about, which is exciting, which is very cool, which I think is why um, 
to an, to a, a degree why Big Finish is so successful. But I, I do like that thing that if you've watched all of the Pertwee stuff, here's something else that's potentially amazing that we haven't seen. Yeah, yeah, I cool. like that as well. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, obviously, Doctor Who does often come in for criticism about his wobbly sets <laughs> and, and that sort of thing. Um, in this one, it, it's not so much wobbly sets, it's just pretty dire sets. I mean, the time lash itself, right? Now, we're talking 1985, mm-hmm. you know, things... Well, what I'm saying is there's no excuse for it to look like a box of tinsels with flashing lights. It, it, <laughs> you know I mean? There's just no excuse. It just... And also when they go inside as well, I, I appreciate the budget on this one was was very, very low. They, you know, they say that in the extras because, of, I don't know, because of the production order or whatever it was, they had no budget. I get that. But even if they tried to mask it a little bit with some, even some dodgy 80s effects, but you can clearly see the tinsel, especially when he goes inside it and he's climbing down the wall. And it's just kind of like... Um, there's those sort of pointy out thingy mm-hmm. on the wall. It's just got bits of tinsel wrapped around it. I mean, it just it looks blimmin' awful. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I think that yeah, that's that must be purely a, a budget thing. Yeah, because... but couldn't they have done something? Even if they had a, even if they had to put a giant bright light behind that, so it was just sort of like, you know, they could have disguised the tinsel. You can just see it. So it's hanging tinsel. It, it, yeah, I just can't is. believe they couldn't yeah. have done something better than than, than that. Oh, you know? we're destroying the. Uh, there was probably a set a set designer or a set dresser who was really proud of that. I doubt it. They came I up don't... and, hey, is is that ready yet? Right. <laughs> what do you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> if I'd have been Colin Baker and I'd have walked on set and seen that, I would have. I would. <laughs> I would have pulled that face that he pulls at the console. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been like, no way, you know, unless you're going to do something with it. Like I said, they could have just really, really overlit it so that you just sort of got sort of, you know, a bit of a glare. I don't know. It looks rubbish. But um, one thing I did find very strange is when they pushed the Borad uh, yeah. through the time lash, mm-hmm. Dr. makes some reference about the Loch Ness monster as if like he's going to be, he's the Loch Ness monster. Now what the yeah. heck? Yeah. What the heck's that about? Because, uh, in terms of the Zygons, you know, they've got, they've got their own Loch Ness monster. They don't need the Borat. Mm-hmm. Unless there's two, um, I suppose there could be. But, yeah, I didn't, didn't get that at all. Yeah, that is kind of strange. Yeah. It's, now, yeah. let's talk about, um, what are they called? <laughs> that thing, that, that thing on the screen with the, another one with a silly voice. The man, is it the mandrels? Mandrels. Oh, oh right, yeah. Doctor, I don't believe it's oh, you. Yeah. But now you've now you've <laughs> put the TARDIS in front of the rocket. I do believe it's you. Oh God, what what the hell? Yeah, that puppet. Um, yeah. It, do you know what? It's a, I had the same. I had to pick myself up off the floor laughing. I knew you would. At the same way when I heard the android speaking. Um, the voice. There's the voices are. Um. I'm, Childlike. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised that at the time, because it's obviously a hand puppet, this yeah. snake thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, it looks like something out of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It does, yeah. And when somebody was doing the the voice, you would have thought that at the time they would have gone, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. Yeah. Let, let's, let's just talk about this for a second because you sound ridiculous. Yeah. Um, let's change it up a bit. Let's do something else, but not that. I'm surprised that they were like, "Yeah, this is good." 
Is this going to yeah. go down well? Well, they go, yeah, that's the one. Do, you know, when they're going through the voices, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. So yeah. the band drills, they're kind of these very basic hand puppets that don't really look like anything other than a hand puppet um, with these stupid voices. I mean, it just it's another one of those things where if they would have changed that a little bit, it, you know, I, th- I get the feeling that if they would have just gone through and changed half a dozen things, this episode wouldn't be as bad. Or this story, yeah. should I say. Yeah. It wouldn't be as bad. It's things like that that just make you feel like, come on, guys. Yeah. Come and also, on. I mean, Stephen Moffat gets, um, gets some stick for sort of cop-out endings and, you know, and, and tying things up. But when Perry asked the Doctor... How did you not? How did you survive the TARDIS? You know, um, yep. being destroyed by that <laughs> rocket. They just—he just goes, "It's a neat trick. I'll tell you one day." Wow, brilliant bit of writing. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. the way to do it. I'll, I'll tell you later, <laughs> off screen. I'll tell you off screen. It's a brilliant trick. You know, yeah. I just couldn't. When he said that, I was like, "You're joking." Yeah, yeah. I I thought that that was one of those. It's it's right up there when uh, uh, episode writers are doing stories about dreams oh yeah you know what i mean it's like oh that happened in a dream oh yeah yeah it's so. right yeah just to just to get out yeah yeah and it's the slowest missile in the galaxy isn't yeah. that but i'm never <laughs> there's a missile coming it's gonna take half an hour to get here but it's coming and when it does it's going to explode in a big pink explosion <laughs> yeah and also um the way that um uh borad is defeated as well is very ridiculous because it all happens in slow motion almost where he's his his death beam or his death ray kind of flicks that on <laughs> and the doctor's just like right let me just get this thing oh that little thing he's yeah, making yeah i'm just gonna aim that there right that's the last of you buddy what I didn't get was when he does that earlier, when he's testing it, and he walks around the table and he sort of does this weird hand thing as if he's pushing two people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I was thinking, all right, in a minute they're going to fall over because it's a delay and he's pushed them or something. Yeah. What was what? Did I miss something there? No, no. You know, I'm, be, yeah. I'm being serious now. I'm not even, like, taking the <laughs> mickey away. I honestly thought, what was he doing? Like, I was waiting for them to fall over or something. What yeah. was he doing? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I yeah. genuinely, I'm not saying that to take the mickey i genuinely thought i'd miss something but i really couldn't be bothered to go back uh, and find out but yeah i just wondered if if you knew (laughs) yeah it's um it's just again it's just things like that where they could have tweaked during the the writing or whatever that could have could have just uh, realized what i called i keep calling the band drills mandrills as well i've just realized because i've got wiki in front of me i had to i honestly had to get wikipedia up to to read the synopsis for this one because I didn't really get what it, what was going on. So I've got it in front of me and I've just realised, yeah, it's the bandrolls. The bandrolls, yeah. Those little puppet things. Because people will be screaming at the thing. It's bandrolls, not mandrills. Yeah, so sorry. Bandrolls with the funny voices and very slow missiles. Yeah, they're not exactly, you know, tearing the place up with <laughs> cool stuff. I don't think we're going to see him in the modern series, do you? We might. Mm. Mm. Don't know if Stephen Moffat's got around to watching this one. Yeah. Maybe. So here's, just before we move, just before we go on to our brilliant scores, here's another thing, right? The, the Borad, mm-hmm. obviously he's disfigured through his experiments and he's half Moloch's. <laughs> so, but he's decided Perry's the one for him. 
he's seen her and he's like, I'm, I'm, she's the one. And, but she's only going to fancy me if I, if I disfigure her, like, uh, so she looks the same as me. Yeah. Now, how does that work? Cause so she, so he thinks that once she's disfigured and she looks the same as him, she's going to f- fall in love with him. What? That's the long and short of it. Yeah. That'd be like me going out and, and finding someone I fancied and force feeding him 20 pork pies <laughs> and saying, <laughs> you know, grow oh. a beard, get that belly going and maybe we can talk. Yeah. It's just not like, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I just didn't, didn't get that at all. Perry gets absolutely nothing to do in this at all. Nah. Apart from scream uh, and be tied up and winch. Yeah, as she felt. Yeah. And when she's so annoying in it, but it's not really her fault. It's just, she just gets nothing to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was time lapse. That was time lapse. Let's end <laughs> the torture. Let's let's end the torture. Yeah. Um, it's got to be one of the worst we've reviewed, isn't it? I mean, it's got to be. Um, so far. So far, yeah, I'd probably say so. I'm just looking yeah. at my notes, yeah. The it's... lowest that we've scored together, I think, is New Earth. What did we give New Earth? Uh, I gave it a four. You gave it a five. Did I? I gave it a five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's strange, isn't it? Sometimes I listen back to scores and think, really? Um, Planet of the Dead. You gave that a four. I gave that mm-hmm. a five point five. Um, the only other score I've dipped below a five, which is going to please all you McCoy fans, is Survival. Did you give that a three? I gave it a three. Mm. Do you still yeah. think? Do you still think it's a three? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So this could. This could. This could bring us down to a, an all-time low, <laughs> score-wise. It's me it to go first, it. isn't it? Yeah, it's you to go first. Uh, right, let's go. Two. You're going with a two? Yep. <laughs> okay. Right. I just want to read exactly what I've got on the page here. Terrible script, flat direction, dreadful sets of monsters, supporting cast, rubbish, generally didn't hold my attention, boring. 2.5 out of 10. 2.5. Yeah. I don't know what... I think the... Yep. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know. I can't even like. <laughs> That's officially our worst um, story so far. It is review yeah. wise. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Which I think you guys were probably expecting. It's very, very difficult to. Um, do you know? Because what one of the things right that we've that we always try to do, and it actually came up a couple of times in. Um, some of the reviews that we've got on iTunes that people have said it's it, it, it's great that even in like the worst Doctor Who stories and stuff we still see the good stuff yeah um, and I think I think they're just there's the odd story where you, you just can't kid yourself if you know what I mean you, you can't mm. you can't just dress it up in in glitter and Tinsel and tinsel and stuff, and <laughs> you know, and it's cool. Sometimes you have to accept the fact that it's gonna be foobar. Yeah, and I and I did go into this with a, with a pretty open mind because I haven't watched it in ages. I I honestly I don't remember liking it, but I didn't. I don't remember it being this bad. Do you know what I mean? I didn't go into this thinking, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought, well, yeah, I haven't watched this for a while. Let's let's see what it's about. And like you said, there is normally something in it that will, will still be, you know, you can still find something good in it. And I was hoping that'd be Paul Darrow. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, even he's dreadful in it. And I think the fact they're 45, two 45 minute episodes as well really made it a slog. Because oh, uh, yeah. as soon as yeah. as soon as I saw that, I mean, I'd I forget that Colin Baker's era, um, a lot of them are forty five minute episodes. But yeah, as soon as I put the DVD in and saw it was just two forty five minutes, I was like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, 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 not yeah. good, not, not good. good. So what did you guys think? Right, let uh, me fire up the old um, Facebook. While you're doing that, we had a couple on Twitter. Um, oh, yeah. Mark Francis. Uh, said, I heard that it's not the greatest episode despite Colin's professional attempts to make it so. Make it so. That's Captain Picard. Yeah. Um, you uh, you have heard correct. It's not the greatest episode. Um, and I don't think on this occasion Colin's going to pull it out of the, the pile of slag that it currently <laughs> resides on. <laughs> um, and then we had Bradley Willard. Uh, who said, you know the anagram for that story, don't you? Hmm, yeah. Um, can we say that on here? We haven't got a bleep machine, have we? We should get one. We yeah. should get a bleep machine. Yeah. But it's basically, the anagram is lame, um, beep. S-H, bleep, T. Yeah. yeah. So, thank you, Bradley. Yeah, we, we are aware of the the, the anagram, and I I would probably say that most people, if you haven't seen it, you'd know the anagram before even seeing the episode so. mm. or the story. I keep saying episode. It's a two-parter, but yeah. Um, and then on Facebook, um, I don't think you guys were thoroughly impressed that we were reviewing this one because only a few of you jumped on. Uh, Lewis Palmer. Uh, Time Lash is constantly put among the worst Doctor Who has to offer by fans, but as with a lot of Colin Baker stories, I don't mind it. Uh, the production values are horrendous, but Colin is great. Uh, the HG Wells concepts are really good and funny. The Borad is also a really good-looking villain. Six out of ten. Wow, Lewis. Cheers, Lewis. Uh, Stu Gee, uh, you have to be in the right mood to get anything out of this. <laughs> <laughs> what mood is that? Suicidal? Yeah. I'm not sure if that's uh, a sedative mood. or so, uh, <laughs> Sedated. <laughs> uh, the Borad and the Blue Android look great. And Paul Darrow's sparring with the Doctor is a lot of fun. Unfortunately, the acting both of uh, Vina and Herbert, again, another good idea, leaves a lot to be desired, and it is by far Perry's worst story. Uh, a mix of the good and bad. Thank Cheers you, Stu. Uh, Greg Toby, uh, I actually enjoy this story. I watched it the other day. I absolutely love the character of Herbert. I loved uh, the banter between him and Six. To be fair, I can't see why people hate it so much. A nine out of ten. Oh my goodness. He will have switched off this review. He won't have even got this far. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for your comment, Toby. Um, yeah, thanks, Toby. Uh, I mean that seriously. Thank you very much for your comment. If, you, if we ever bump into you at a convention or something, we'd love to talk to you about this and your thoughts on, on Time Lash. Uh, Stuart Stockrin. Uh, well, Time Lash is an anagram of lame beep. <laughs> so thank you for that. And lastly, thank Matthew Rowney. Um, I've not seen Time Lash, and from what I've heard, I don't. I don't plan to either. And that's Matt from Who Addicts Reviews. Yeah, you've got to watch it, Matt, because I got beef with you. You, you always berates me for liking Time of the Rani. Well, watch this. You haven't and seen, then, and yeah. then because this makes Time of the Rani look like a blimmin' masterpiece. So go and get it and watch it because you you deserve it. Yeah, I'm right, surprised uh, you've not seen it, Matt. <laughs> yeah, you, you've cut us deep there. Yeah, you cut me real deep. Comedy. Right, on Geek's Handbag Facebook, I had Yanto Williams. He says, 
not bad. It was the first classic episode I watched. Oh, Yanto, poor you. Wow. And I watched all the rest after that. So, good grief. I'm surprised you ever watched it again. Paula Black. Now, Paula is a huge Blake 7 fan. Right. And she says, poor. That's a story for another day. It's not the way to explain what has happened in the episode. (laughs) Yeah. And Mr. Darrow's performance, I won't even start. Now, for Paula to say that says something because she loves Blake Seven and Paul Darrow. Right. Daniel Sadie, he says, uh, I have got this story on DVD. I've watched it many times and I liked it. Okay, cool. Andy Frankham Allen, he also points out uh, what it's an anagram for. Uh, So thanks, Andy. (laughs) Uh, He says, it's not great, but it's not the most awful who ever, really. Yeah. And hey, Bandrills. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and I bet you, I bet Andy, Andy, I bet you were screaming at the at the uh, at us for saying mandrels earlier. You can imagine. Yeah. Pippa Morgan, she says, "Oh no, please don't send us into the disco pyramid." <laughs> I <mean the> time <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I only watch it for Paul Darrow. Ooh. Michelle Harding, Hardingham, she says she's got this one on TVD. Paul Darrow being gloriously slimy, love it. <laughs> hey, wow. And finally, our old mate, Harry Westergaard, he says it's the weakest story of season 22, which is a really strong series, in my opinion. The Borad makeup is really good, and it's good to see Paul Darrow. It isn't terrible, just really weak. Fair enough. So there we go. So there's, there's a few listeners out there like it. I'm, I'm glad you do. Uh, I mean, I, I love, the, you know, it'd be boring if we all like the same thing. Very true. Yeah. And I think we all don't like this, with the exception of a couple. <laughs> yeah. yeah well it does often rate really low doesn't it on it the does. you know whenever they do the thing and it, see i think this is totally deserved i think it does deserve to be ranked low um whereas i always think time of the rani which shows very often right next to it doesn't yeah we didn't review that too badly time of the rani no well it always gets sort of paired up in the same with this and um time flight as well you yeah. know they're always in the bottom and i always think nah, this is much worse time of the rani yeah Anyway, anyways, that's a two and a two and a half for Time Lash. Thank you very much for getting in contact with us with your thoughts and opinions. What are we doing next week, dude? Next week, we are doing a Matt Smith story and we are going to do The Curse of the Black Spot. Ah, hmm. So that's uh, Pirates, um, Mermaid. Pirates. No, not um, is it Mermaids? Yeah, is there a mermaid in it? think so or there's a supermodel in it isn't there supposedly a mermaid isn't it turns I... out to be a a, a nurse <laughs> or something i can't remember well that'll be fun i can't remember a lot about that one <laughs> be a good one so we're back to the to the modern stuff next we're week back to a bit of matt smith you'll yeah. be glad to hear because i think it was um a few weeks ago because we've done time and the rani the tv movie and now time lash so we're back to modern stuff next week back to modern stuff although you say people will be pleased to hear it this is another story isn't it that comes in for a lot of flack oh yeah um so yeah is it deserved we'll see and we've got well one that comes in for a lot of flack but one we've got potentially in a couple of weeks is also another belter that people uh oh yeah yeah but you'll it's find a, out. Yes, another one. Yeah, another one that does. But yeah, there's a couple that I really, really want to do. Um, but we're getting closer and closer to the Series 9, aren't we? Which is going to, obviously, as soon as we hit Series 9, we'll be doing that. So, yeah, yeah but there's uh, there's some, some good ones to come. Yeah, there are some good ones, actually, before then. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's done for episode 48 buddy okay that was the time lash Time lash. Did you play in the TARDIS sound effects by mistake then, or was it, or is it always there? <laughs> it's always there. Is it? Yeah. It worked. It sounded good, but I was thinking, don't remember that. Oh man, you did, didn't you? No, I didn't. I promise. Is it always there? Yeah. Oh wow, losing it. Bloody eyes. The heat's getting to you, mate. The brain is boiled. It is indeed. Uh, so thank you very much for sticking with us to the end if you're still listening it's quite an achievement yeah um, in much the same way as watching all of Time Lash um, but we hope you've, we've entertained you in some way and made it funny I guess uh, and thank you so much for your comments as well as usual it's always really great to hear from you guys uh, Trivia mm. uh, last week we asked you um, the Sycorax had control of people with which blood type the answer of course Adam is a positive. A positive. That is right, isn't it? I haven't yeah. got the answer in front of me, but I did look earlier. Yeah, a positive, yeah. 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 Question for this week. Which floor on Satellite 5 was medical no emergency? Mm, I don't know. If you can put your mind back into into that episode. I think I know the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I know the episode, but I'm not sure the answer. Yeah. Which floor on Satellite 5 was medical no emergency uh, jump onto Twitter and Facebook fire us your answer for that one and talking of Twitter and Facebook if you jump onto our website www. Um, I was going to say the then no www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you'll see some links on there you can go off to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram give us a follow give us a like and join in the convo in between podcasts going out also check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Just do a search for that on Facebook or YouTube. Um, and he's got some great, great stuff on there. Loads of Doctor Who, but also some other cool stuff as well. Yeah. Um, yes, so next week, um, Curse of the Black Spot. Tune in mm-hmm. for our review of that, plus the normal news roundup and all that business. Until then, enjoy the sun, enjoy the heat, enjoy all that stuff. Have a great week. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Allons-y! Allons-y!